Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport by myself, Catherine Whitaker, and by David Law. I'm very pleased that I got that introduction out cleanly because it's been a while since we've done one of these podcasts. I almost sort of forgot what I was saying there because David Law has been swanning off on holiday in La Manga no less. We'll let you off, yeah. David, because it was a tennis-themed holiday. It was awesome. It was amazing. Uh, and I mean, I tell you, that, that <laughs> it has totally revolutionised my uh, my approach to the sport of tennis. Not as a sort of observer, because I, I'm I'm still as interested as I was before. Um, but in terms of actually playing it, let, for instance, I'm sitting here talking to you right now in tennis clothes. I don't wear tennis clothes. As anybody who's seen our Instagram and our Twitter, etc., will tell you, I wear suits and ties and I wear what I consider smart work clothes and things that look relatively okay on a 43-year-old 6-foot-7-inch t- p- tall person. Uh, and I don't really do sport it's clothes niche. It's niche, isn't it, David? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a niche category. It's, it's very niche, very niche. And, but this trip has changed my view that, that a 43-year-old not only can still play tennis and can actually get a bit better. So I did five days of uh, two hours a morning tennis with my kids and with my wife. And uh, and I tell you, I am ready for that rematch, Catherine Whitaker. I have learned so much stuff over the last week. I've had drills. I've been working on my backhand. I've been doing volley drills. Go on then, I've... tell me what you've learned then. Tell me, Tell me what all the improvements are. Tell me. Well, I'm not going to tell you how. Because how many then how many miles per hour have they added to your serve? That, well, the, the bigger point is they've helped That's me a get big it in. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm big getting hesitation. it in now. You, you don't actually have to duck anymore, so um, right. that, that means it's more accurate. And uh, I've I've learned about oh, you know, keeping your feet active and lo- looking like a tennis player is what they say. Look like a volleyer. Don't look like you're just standing there leaning against a wall. You know, get ready for the shot look- that's coming to- towards you. Basically, they've gone, we can't make this bloke into a tennis player, so let's make him into somebody that looks like a tennis player. Exactly. <laughs> Use that height. Make it look like you're really uh, intimidating. Sounds, so that's like they, what... sounds like they had you pretty well sussed. Are yes. you, did you, are you losing to either of your kids yet? Because that's always a watershed moment, isn't it? Well, put, put it this way, I used to beat my wife. Oh, used good. to uh, so that's already stopped so whatever and improvements you've made have been eclipsed by improvements she's improvements. made yeah well that's the problem they've all they all went on the course as well so um but no i mean look it was it, what what's nice is that i i don't know about you but since i've started working in tennis i've played less tennis which seems ridiculous but that that is the case and i think part of it is when we go to tennis tournaments i don't want tennis players or tennis coaches or anybody we work with to see me in tennis clothes because I feel like a complete idiot yeah I don't want them to see you in tennis clothes either David right yeah well fair Uh, and the the bottom line is I'm I'm, I'm no longer shy I'm not I'm ready now I tell you I'm a a new man La Manga what have you done (laughs) 
but I, it's it's yeah, it's the enthusiasm of the coaches that that I like because they not only do they because David Law us, loves enthusiasm. Yeah, he's they cr- put us, crashing down to earth having to record the podcast with they me. Put, now. They put us through two hours in the morning of, of this stuff, and I, I went back there for my evening meal one night at about seven thirty eight o'clock, and the same coaches were there having their own doubles match, which they didn't need to be having. They'd been on the courts all day long, and they're still there just because they like playing tennis. So, did you play on. any? Family mixed doubles, David. Uh, we 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 did do a bit of that, but I have to say tempers were running high um, mm. this morning. We had a bit of a hit, and my 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 five year old and my seven year old don't take too kindly if you don't let them win. So uh, yeah, that oh, you let uh, them win, do you? You let them win. Well, you've got to, you know. <laughs> right, that's that's the story, and you're going to stick to it for the yeah. next twenty years, right? That's right. Uh, well, that sounds lovely. It's been uh, grey and drizzly in the UK, so uh, I'm very glad to awesome. hear how much you enjoyed your your Spanish uh, holiday. I've got tickets to the Athletics day. tonight, uh, and we're sitting in the lower bowl of the uh, Olympic Stadium, which is uncovered. And uh, currently it looks like the apocalypse has arrived in London. So um, I'm going to be doubly grumpy today because I've been looking forward to that for, for weeks and I'm, I'm very upset. Oh dear. So there we go. Should we talk about some tennis? Yeah, I'll tell you why don't we do that. We're um, on safer ground there. So it has been, how long has it been since we recorded? Obviously our last episode was the Roger Federer special. Thank you so much for all the responses that we've, had to that i really think it was a a very special edition that we were able to bring you of the tennis podcast i think it was david law at his his very best i do and uh, if you haven't listened um if you sort of rolled your eyes at a a a non-normal tennis podcast and thought no i want a proper news-based tennis podcast honestly uh give it a go because it's not the sort of podcast that i would necessarily rush to listen to i'm not that into sort of interview based podcasts and that sort of thing and I think it was one of our very best so give the Roger Federer special a try it seems to become even more newsworthy as the weeks go on he's playing in Montreal for the first time in six years he's been greeted like when the Beatles first (laughs) went to the States Um, we'll come on to talk about uh, Montreal and Toronto and all of that in a minute uh, but first of all, uh, we should probably start with the breaking news on the on the tennis in the tennis world, or the news that certainly broke about twenty four hours ago, which is that Sara Arani, uh, former top ten player, former French Open finalist, um, now outside the world's top hundred, I think, has failed um, a drugs test and has received a two month ban uh, from the ITF. Now that might sound like a very short ban uh it certainly did to me when i first read it there was a lot of confusion and then we all clamored to read the official judgment from the itf which states that they accepted her defense on the balance of probabilities which is the level of proof required um at these hearings that more it seemed likely that she had ingested accidentally some of her mother's cancer medication because she was staying at home with her parents her mum kept her cancer medication on a work surface where food was also kept and they speculated that what must have happened is some cancer medication which is the same drug as she's tested positive for Um, it's a drug that promotes the production of lean muscle mass it's akin to taking testosterone it blocks uh, estrogen levels in your body so the the effects are similar uh, to to those of, of enhanced levels of testosterone in your body but they accepted her defense that what likely happened is some cancer medication dropped into some broth mm. yeah just bizarre isn't it to, yeah. to to think that 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 could have happened i mean it, it sends my mind back to um, I mean, different type of story, but but when Greg Rosetsky was given a ban initially and 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 was able to to get it overturned by the fact that he his he was given medication by ATP trainers who who reckon they'd they'd had a I think that was a contaminated batch um, of 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 medication and yeah I mean effectively it's it's ruling out a a suspension or in this case reducing one by 
bearing effectively no blame as such in terms of of intent well the the thing is on this balance of probabilities thing they can't prove that that's what happened they haven't proved that that's what happened what they've proven is that that could have happened that that was a um not unlikely scenario um and therefore on the balance of probabilities um she her, her defense has been accepted and her ban has been reduced now i wasn't at the tribunal i've read the the judgment in full it, it all sounds quite bizarre to me but look i can't speculate about those details and, and the fact the tribunal has accepted um that defense i accept that i will say that it is not a good look it is not a good look for a uh, a grand slam finalist player to have tested positive for something regardless of the potential mitigating circumstances and to receive only a two-month ban when the email landed saying she's received a two-month ban everybody went what what why why even bother with that what either either you've been doping or you haven't why bother with a two-month ban do you do you see what i'm saying david i do do see what you're saying that the same time if i if I would have put myself in her shoes, let's say you effectively did nothing wrong and you just... I mean, that, let's say that but that the, is they, exactly to, what to be, to be clear, David, they haven't said, we we find that you've done nothing wrong. They no, said, I, we, I can't that. That you, we can't that. prove that you I'm did saying, something I'm wrong. saying to you, if you were in her shoes and that is what happened and that you hadn't gone out to take any drugs at all, whether to improve your performance or not, and you had literally got unlucky by... Your mother having had having sort of done a, done a meal where some had dropped into yours. Where do you stand on that? Because I mean that that would be personally. Terrible, I, I stand that every I, I it's, it, especially given this has happened this week. You know, with all of the Usain Bolt, Justin Gatlin. You know, the whole thing's been in the spotlight. We, you know, on the athletic side of things, you know, a whole sport has been brought into disrepute this week you know there people stand in different places but the fact is the most talked about thing that's happened at, at, at the world championships the marquee event at the world championships of a sport this week has been the discussion of, of a two times uh drugs taker a two-time doper winning the marquee event at that sport and it, it does threaten to 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 bring a whole sport into disrepute i i, I think that really shows that there can be no room for complacency. And, and frankly, for me, I come down on the side of zero tolerance. And I know that that will lead to some innocent or... or collateral or, damage. To some collateral damage, yeah. I mean, you could make the argument that, if it, that let's say that that was the argument with Sara Irani. I'm afraid you've just got to be more vigilant. You know, you, you, you can't be staying with your mum who's got her cancer medication, um, which, which is uh, on the banned list in a food preparation area. You have to say, sorry, no, the risk of it falling in the broth is too high. Uh, you know, I'm afraid we are too, I believe we are too complacent in our sport and I don't think we can afford any complacency. And I'm afraid... Maybe that does mean a bit of baby going out with bathwater, but for, for me, that's what I would prefer. But and that's nothing to do with the specifics of, of the of the Sarah Irani case. I just don't. I think a two month ban. What? 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 I, I. I. When I say what message does that send out? I, I'm. I'm not being facetious. I genuinely don't know what message that sends out. <laughs> what message does that send out? It. it it's okay to be a a bit negligent but not I mean I'm just left with a a feeling of dissatisfied confusion from the whole thing and I don't Mm. think we can afford that I think to allow ourselves that is a luxury we don't have in sport yeah Um, look I I, I take your point about the uh, the sport not being able to able to afford to be complacent I do get all that I'm just and I, I think the the uh, somebody spiked my drink argument is one of the most frustrating of the lot because it, it does just tend to get thrown around. But I always think if that were me, for instance, and somebody did do that to me and I got banned as a result of it, um, 
it would just it would be just such a heartbreaker really of if you had done nothing wrong to to be convicted of course it would of but how much of a heartbreaker of. is it for all these athletes that are being given their gold silver and bronze medals 8 years or 6 years after after the fact which is what we're seeing uh, at the world athletics championships this year at the beginning of every se- cere- uh, session they have a medal ceremony for those that were denied their medals, uh, I think it's mostly from the Daegu World Championships in, in 2011, and they've had six years of that feeling. And so they're the collateral damage of the current situation, they and many others and many other situations. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think that argument holds necessarily because the the, the the net negative, I think, at the moment is is higher. I think we're naive if we think there's any room for complacency on this issue. Um, And a lot of what I've said there has nothing to do with with the case of Sara Irani. It's just thrown up the general issue of doping again, which is not something we want to be thinking about in sport. And as I say, happening in conjunction with what's been happening in the athletics this week, it does rather put it all under the microscope. Um. This is a this is a a clunky and unfair segue, but given that I have Dan Evans and Maria Sharapova uh, for different reasons on my agenda, <laughs> and given that they have also experienced uh, ITF rulings of their own uh, in recent months, uh, should we move on to to discuss those two? Dan Evans, first of all, and I know this is old news, but. The Dan Evans story broke during Queen's and uh, during Queen's we were producing daily tournament podcasts and David Law wasn't on them because he was busy being um, the big man in charge of the whole media operation and we weren't able to sort of give you your say, David, on the matter. So two months later... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Got there over the to you well the, the other thing i should say is i i don't believe anything else has, has come out in terms of of what the ruling is and, and in terms of what the suspension is going to be if indeed there there is one and i'm sure there will be one over the last week i haven't really been at, across everything oh, on dan evans there's been no there's been no news in the last week no, okay. So you well, haven't I mean, missed the, anything. The, the fact, the fact is, all we know of of, of what he did and uh, and what has been said is what he said when he revealed to all of us initially that he had um, he had tested positive for cocaine, um, and the there was going to be a case to answer. Now, it's quite simple, really. I mean, he's made an absolutely horrendous decision. I don't exactly know. The full details that none of us do at this stage as to as to when he took it, why he took it, under what circumstances. The fact is, it's in his system. Therefore, he's going to have to take whatever's coming to him, and and he deserves it. Um, I I, I feel that it's. I, I my initial reaction was, well, what a shame. And a few people said, well, it's not a shame. He, he's just stupid. Well, of course he's stupid. But that's why it's a shame. Yeah, it's a he'd, shame he'd, that he's exactly. It's a yeah, shame he, that he's been that stupid. He'd finally, after so many years of not knowing how to to make it work and use his talent to make a successful career, he'd finally cracked it. He'd finally sorted that out. He'd figured out how to travel to to put the best into his tennis to get the most out of it. And here he was with a ranking just outside the top fifty in the world. I think the first six months of this year he he earned over three hundred thousand pounds. You know, this guy was going to make a couple of million pounds unless he was badly injured over the next couple of years. So he had sorted it. He had developed a game that could compete with many of the world's best players. He'd had Stan Wawrinka at match point three or four matches before Vavrinka went on to win the US Open last year. He he reached the fourth round of the Australian Open. He was picking up great points, good money. And and frankly, I think we were all in the tennis world and the fans around the world were enjoying watching him. So he'd sorted that. But he has always had, and I say this again without any knowledge of exactly what went on, but he's always had the Achilles heel of not necessarily being able to just concentrate on the the tennis player's life which has to be not going out not doing anything you shouldn't do eating boring food having a boring life for as long as your tennis career lasts frankly in order to get the most out of it uh, what one way or another this has ended up in his system only he will know for sure how that happened and 
and only he can can suffer the consequences which are deserved it's it's a real shame he's been completely stupid he will know that he has i feel very sorry for some of the people around him that have have believed in him and invested in him and i do feel sorry for him that he has made such a terrible decision he he only has himself to blame but i still on a human level just you know i don't know whether i was thinking about this he's 20 what is he 27 years old something like that yeah well this is what i wanted to ask let let's say the ban is two years because because most people seem to think that's the most likely outcome a what's he going to do for those two years and 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 b will he will will he come back stronger will he be will he be a sharapova who defiantly you know wants to prove everyone wrong and 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 make sure he comes back and gives it his best possible go or in two years time are we going to see a a a, 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 a sorry figure i suppose in dan evans someone well, who's, who's not able or willing to to come back i suspect he won't be getting wild cards for a start and neither should he um so he you can you can add a, a good chunk more time onto that because starting at the bottom means starting at tournaments where you just don't earn many points even if you're winning them that's the problem that these players have is trying to get a leg up quickly it's not not easy to do what is he going to do for the next two years I, I don't know I mean I don't I don't know well enough to to know exactly what what he could do but I, I know him a little. And I mean, I just hope he can find something positive to put his days into so that they pass without him, yeah, frankly, having other issues, you know, that that's that's what I hope. Yeah, I agree. I just, uh, he could go on a two year long bender, couldn't he? That That's the scenario that I'm getting at, really, that lots of people have speculated. Obviously, everybody hopes that that he doesn't, but he could just go, oh, you know, to to hell with all of this and I don't know it, it, it's it's a ter- it's a terrible shame because I so enjoyed watching him play tennis he uh, is an immensely frustrating character not somebody that I've loved interviewing <laughs> in recent but he's not, times but, you know, but he is, I have on, loved watching him play tennis and that he is like match at the new he is like no no I, I haven't not enjoyed interviewing him because He's not likable. It, he, it's just as soon as a camera switches on that uh, he sort of clams up and uh, and he isn't able to project himself. Not everybody is, but I have loved watching him play tennis. That Vavrinka match uh, in New York on the Louis Armstrong Stadium is one of my highlights of the tennis year last year, if not the highlight. It was an extraordinary match, and yeah, I, I'll. I'll miss that for the next two years. I hope I'll only have to miss it for a, for a couple of years. I hope he will be back. But I don't know. There's a big question mark over that for me. Um, yeah, I want I want him to prove me wrong. But um, the, there's a big question mark. Sharapova, completely different story. Um, we've done all our talking about her her ban and all the rest of it. Now we're talking about her injury. She's uh, she pulled out of Stanford before her second round match last week. She's now pulled up pulled out of the Rogers Cup in Toronto. Her autobiography that's coming out uh, in a couple of weeks time is called Unstoppable, David. She seems pretty stoppable <laughs> well, at the moment. And and I think it does throw up the problem of of whether bodies can can withstand what top level tennis puts them through if they're going to be competitive at the top level if you take that long out of the game I mean she'd been let's not forget she'd been having terrible trouble before this whole case emerged and and our initial assumption was that she was about to announce her retirement because she was so frustrated with all the injuries she'd been having it is possible that her body may never allow her to return to the top level regardless of how many wild cards she receives because if she just cannot stand physically the rigours uh, of the tennis circuit again that that's just going to make its decision for her i mean th- this that's a lot of injuries she's had now uh, and we still await the decision of the us open as to whether they intend to give her a wild card which uh, yeah is still very much up in the air and the problem with this one is that it's it's a different injury to the to the one that kept her out of Wimbledon. This is a sore left arm, I believe, uh, whereas it was the the muscle strain uh, that kept her out of of, of Wimbledon. Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 when the injuries sort of start mounting and proliferating, I think that's when you really start to fit. It's something that. Uh, Tanasi Kokonakis, who we'll come to talk about um, in a moment, talked about a lot at um, at Queens. You know. 
it, it wasn't just the shoulder injury. You know, every time he thought he'd rehab the shoulder injury, something else would crop up. You know, his body just felt like it was crumbling beneath him. And there must be an element of that uh, for Sharapova. So, yeah, we await the US Open wildcard decision. We wait to see if she's even fit to to be considered for a, for a US Open wildcard. A lot up in the air. Uh, more injuries to discuss, David, this time on the men's side. Novak Djokovic taking... Uh, the rest of the year off, an announcement made. Um, I, I th- uh, personally, I think too much has been made of this. I think it's pure coincidence, but an announcement that was made on the exact same date that Federer made his announcement last year that he would be taking the remainder of 2016 off. And subsequently, Stan Wawrinka has announced the same. And actually, Wawrinka is going to be having surgery in that time, which doesn't sound brilliant to me uh he's having surgery on his knee an injury that troubled him um throughout Wimbledon and the grass court season so we're going to miss them uh it is an interesting trend that's happening in tennis Roger Federer is a great advert for taking time off and coming back stronger um the the situations obviously with with Djokovic and Vavrinka are, are, are very different both to one another and to Federer that we're going to have a US Open without our two finalists from last year that I mean it, it's going to have a bizarre feel to it in that respect I think yeah it will uh, it opens the door for for some people I think uh, and we'll, we'll get on to 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 those runners and riders a little later on because I I personally think this is the one f- where Zverev is going to announce himself. But anyway, uh, we'll get on to that in a Hang little on. while. Hang on, no, we're not on to that yet. You can't yeah. sneak sneak well, that in. Just a little teaser, what can I say? Um, but it's yeah, it's quite interesting, you know, because I personally think that whilst I think Djokovic has needed time off for a while, both for this injury and both to refresh himself, and Vavrinka clearly has a, a very acute injury that requires surgery. Djokovic is fortunately appears not to require surgery. But I think what it what it probably has done, it, having seen what Federer did at exactly the same time last year, is whereas players might have thought this is an injury that I can manage and I'm going to carry on managing in order to maintain my ranking and, and, and get back sooner, or where they say, right, I'm going to take two months off, miss the US Open and then come back for the autumn, which I think most players in the past have tended to do. Um, a few people have thrown up and said, well, hold on, what about Nadal? He took uh, he took the rest of, of, of a year off, and I think he was in 2012 after all of his injuries and came back and was dominant at the start of 13. I think this is a very specific example that that has been not followed because these guys are injured and and they need time out of the game but I do think that the fact that he did that and came back so refreshed and and has been so successful did make them think well that is that is allowed then you know in as much as I I don't need to rush back as soon as my body perhaps will allow let's say Djokovic needs physically two months off maybe he's just thought do you know what? If I'm going to take two months off, I'll take the rest of the year off. Make sure, make sure the body is not only the acute problem is solved, but the rest of me, all the niggly injuries are gone and I've worked those out of my system and that I'm ready for it, that I'm up for it, that I'm not just sick of it all because it is such a, a treadmill, the, the tennis circuit. I, I do feel that the, the, the Federer's uh, experience has, has has probably had some impact in in the thinking in terms of taking the whole year off. Now I've been hammered on Twitter by all sorts of people, which is absolutely fine. That's my view. I, I think it's likely. I absolutely think it's likely. I just uh, we don't know. I think it's more likely in the case of, of Djokovic. There are more parallels there I mean if Stanford Brinker in need of of surgery that sounds a slightly different to me and slightly more slightly more worrying uh really but uh yeah I, I, I I'd be surprised if, if Federer hadn't influenced um at the very least or, or 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 as you say just made the idea put the he's put the idea on the table hasn't it whereas a year or so ago or and more and more that idea wouldn't have even been on the table. You know, you, you're on this treadmill of uh, the ATP World Tour and and you just stay on it. You, you stay on it for 11 months of the year and then you have your, your two-week holiday, your, your two weeks of off-season training and lo and behold, you're back in Australia again on the treadmill. So, yeah, it, he, he's, he's made that um, an option that occurs to people now, certainly. Um, in terms of the US Open... 
I think this applies very much on the women's side as well, but it, it, it's applied on the women's side for the last couple of slams, really, with the absence of Serena. But now, look, Federer aside, Federer is the favourite for that for for the US Open for sure. Um, but let's take Federer out of the equation. What an opportunity! I mean, this is big. Let, let's face it, Murray uh, is missing um, Montreal this week. He's in a race against time to to get the hip fit. Um, for the US Open, he he's posted Instagram videos of himself doing off court training, but in terms of on court, um, it's touch and go. I, I I get the feeling he will be there, but whether he's a hundred percent fit to compete, I don't know. So let's take Federer and Murray out of the equation for the moment. What an opportunity! This is massive. This is when it, it's time now for for Zverev and Kyrgios and a few others to to properly step up. I don't mean re- reaching the fourth round. I mean reaching the finals or, or, or semi-finals at least. This is time now. It, it really well, well, is time. Well, first of all, Catherine, it feels to me like you are just ushering me towards the pole vault. So let's just step into it quickly <laughs> oh, because, because... Oh, you misread things, David. Well, I, I can only put two and two together and here I am. And uh, the fact is I ran, a, I ran a poll the other day about this point because I think you've got to put Nadal in that little block and say Federer and Nadal are such clear favourites right now for the US Open. And... I, I, oh, yeah, I, I don't put Nadal in the same category as Federer. I'd put him a uh, ahead of ahead of Murray, but well, surely you put him ahead of everyone else. He, yeah, but I I don't think that's saying that much. He's always found the U.S. Open difficult. He's won it twice. Of where it is in the season, but yeah, but he it, you can't he find ha- it difficult if you win it twice. You know he's found it difficult because of where he's it, it is in the season. Right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Do, do your pole vault, David. Okay. Uh, so anyway, Federer and Nadal are clearly the first and second favourites. So who is the third favourite for the US Open right now? Who feels like the third favourite to you, Catherine Whitaker? Murray. Sorry. Well, that's that's what 41% of the of people who voted uh, in right. the poll also say. And uh, the interesting thing for me is that the, the three options I put were Murray, Zverev and someone else, right? And uh, the, th- the the second on that list is Zverev. So you got Murray with 41% of the vote. you got Zverev with 36% of the vote. And 23% of the vote have gone elsewhere. And uh, the sort of people that they've been mentioning are Team and Chilich um, and Kyrgios, if he can get injury-free. I mean, the one thing I would say about Kyrgios is... Uh, he he pulled out uh, midway through another match a couple of weeks ago. I think it was in Washington, um, and you know looked exactly the same as he did at Wimbledon, as though my hips bothering me, my my body's not playing ball. He was getting down emotionally, and he basically just threw in the towel and walked off the court. And then in the first round in uh, in Canada, he he absolutely thrashed Victor Troitsch. He was pulling out tweeners. Awesome. He was all over the court. And I mean, look, I'm. That frustrates me in itself because how can you get such a stark contrast from one week to the next? But what does strike me, and you were, you were describing, I think, the landscape of the men's game pretty well in terms of the opportunities out there. I, I just wonder whether he, it might have clicked to him that, crikey, you know, I really do have a chance here. Now. Yeah, cr- I, this- I can win. I can. He can win the US Open. Even with put Federer back in the mix, he can win the US Open. He's run Federer closest this year other than those, those the the two blip results uh where Federer Federer lost uh in Stuttgart um and and in in Dubai he, that the the match they played in in Miami was the match of the year for me uh truly sensational he he look Federer would be the heavy favorite in a match against him particularly over five sets but he can beat him he can win the US Open and he needs to be thinking of the, in those terms Dominic Team needs to be thinking in those terms he needs to not be losing to Diego Schwartzman in his opening match in Montreal imagine my despair uh, Zverev <laughs> needs to be thinking in those terms I think Zverev is thinking in those terms uh, he's not short of confidence he won in Washington last week he was awesome the semi-final uh, against Nishikori uh, was the match that particularly struck me so he he won pretty easily I think it was three and four against Nishikori and there was no sort of defiance and no irritation or, or arrogance from Nishikori I know he's not an arrogant bloke but 
he should have as as he walked to the the handshake at the end it, it, it was just resignation like yep of course I'm losing to 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 Sasha Zverev whereas he should have been like who's this upstart young kid that's beating me Kei Nishikori top 10 player US Open finalist who does he think he is but no it was a resignation of like yeah this is the order of the natural order of things now I lose to to Sasha Zverev in in straight sets on American hard courts and brilliant news for Zverev not so great for for Nishikori Um, but yeah I think Zverev needs to be thinking about winning it I think team needs to be thinking about winning it Kyrgios if his body can hold out Del Potro again with the caveat of the body uh, needs to be thinking about maybe winning it Chilich absolutely needs to be thinking about winning it you know people need to not say oh you know I'll I'll have a go and and see where I can get to if I can make second week people need to be going I'll be disappointed if I if I come away without having reached the the semi-final or, or final it's time I was going to step say, up now I mean in terms of Zverev it, unless he is drawn into a section which features Federer or Nadal he should be in the semi-finals as simple as that for me agreed Give, yeah, given agreed. where his game is right now he is one of the best five players in the world and agreed yeah you know it looks like he's gonna there. make uh, London doesn't it which is terrible news for Milan but I think he's what fifth in the um fifth in the race to London possibly even fourth actually but it certainly looks like he's he's going to make it um I think the ATP uh, would take that though to be honest you know because he yeah. is so he's good he's good news for the tour isn't he as is um I'd just like to give a quick shout to to Dennis Shapovalov who saved five match points Last yeah, night uh, in Montreal, end. what a match! I'm, so, I'm, as you know, I'm so excited by this guy. I was. Well, he's won me over. I have to say, ever since um, Queens, I mean, I didn't get a chance to talk about him there. I wasn't on the the podcast at the time, but I mean, not only his game, lovely lad. I mean, really, you know, we were talking the Federer special about the curiosity Federer had. There's a bit of that in Shapovalov as well. You know, De- he definitely. he's interested in how the tour works. He's asking questions, and yeah, I. I I've, I really hope because he he gets the crowd interested. I know it's his home country that he was playing in front of last night, but he he's he plays big men, a big guy's game in a relatively small guy's body, and and that's exciting in itself. Yeah, six four in the third over Rogero uh, Dutra Silva. Um, and uh, yeah, very impressive. Uh, Tanasi Kokonaka is another I'd put in the category of shouldn't, not in the Kyrgios Verov category, thinking about winning it. But boy, oh boy, was it wonderful to see him reach the final uh, in Los Cabos last week. That is just food for the soul to see him reaching finals. Lost out to Sam Querrey, another one who, frankly, should be thinking about maybe reaching the semi finals well, in New York. Yeah. Why not? He did it at Wimbledon. He's, he's won a title on the hard court. He's going to be playing at home. Why not? Suddenly playing the best tennis of his career, Sam Querrey. And Kokonakis, you're quite right. I was watching that video interview uh, from a, an interview that you can hear on the podcast from the Queen's shows with that the Catherine did with Kokonakis. And it, it is, every time I watch it, I, I, I find it pretty emotional because he was so close to having to quit. And you could see in his eyes, he, he, he'd done all he could. He'd, he'd been trying for so long to make a comeback and he really wondered whether it was ever going to happen. So fingers crossed that... That he just can keep playing tennis because you know he's 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 good for the game. Is Kakanakis? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. He absolutely is. We've got a few minutes left and a few more subjects to touch upon. Uh, so I'm going to rattle through these with no time for pole vaults. So uh, uh-huh. what have I got left? We need to talk about uh, the women's hardcore events we've had so far. Who's looking like runners and riders for the US Open? Well, Madison Keys winning the title in Stanford. She was fantastic. Well, this is the other thing that, that, that strikes me. You mentioned Sam Query. Is, has there ever been a better time, an opportunity for the rest of America to step up right here, both in the men's and the women's games without Serena Williams there? People like Coco Vandewey, I know she lost last night against Agnieszka Radvanska, Madison Keys, players with big games who can make an impact. CeCe Bellis has been playing well. Um, th- there's a great opportunity for, for, for the American players at the US Open to stand up here. Jack Sock, people like that. And you mentioned no more pole vaults. Well, I'm going to quickly squeeze one in. Who will end the 2017? as world number one on the women's side. I mean, this is a great talking point. 20% say Carolina Pliskova. 36% say Simona Halep. 35% say Garbina Muguruza. 9% say someone else. I'm still going Garbina Muguruza. Well, the number one spot is on the line over the next few weeks between Halep and Pliskova. I hope to see that tussle really um, play out. Halep had to retire uh, with what looked like heat stroke um, in her quarterfinal against Katerina Makarova in Washington last week. Interesting caveat to that. Halep, the world number two, asked for a wild card into Stanford um, and was refused. So that was why she ended up playing in Washington. She was not happy about that at all, ended up reaching the quarters in Washington, uh, retiring from her match with Makarova, the eventual champion, with heat stroke. She really did look like she was suffering. I mean, to be fair, it was about 40 degrees in Washington, really challenging conditions. Well done to Makarova uh, for winning the title. Um, I, I wouldn't put her in the list of contenders uh, for the US Open, but I'm certainly very pleased uh, to see her uh, playing that well. I would put Madison Keys on the list. I'd put Coco Vandeweghe on the list. Muguruza, I know she lost semi-finals of Stanford, but I still think semi-finals and the performances she put in in the context of you know her year and her total lack of consistency, for me, I think, that's a good sign, and she is absolutely in contention. I agree. I agree. Incidentally, Keys Vanderway, I was reading, is the first non-Williams All-American final without either Williams' sister in it since Davenport Capriati in New Haven in 2003. 14 years since an All-American women's final. Stat Love a stat. It's a good one, that, isn't it? Uh, what else have we got? Nick Kyrgios, I should have uh, brought this up quickly while we were talking about Nick Kyrgios, but uh, if you haven't seen on Twitter this week, a chap uh, got in touch with him to say, mate, I know this is a total long shot, but I'm coming uh, to Montreal on Tuesday and uh, it'd be great to have a hit with you if possible. And he just casually replied, Kyrgios going, sure, (laughs) tap me up when you arrive. And lo and behold, they did have a hit. It was uh, really amusing. It's all on social media. Check it out. And he then put on Twitter that uh, anybody else that, that fancies a hit, uh, just let me know. And I, I, I do, I don't think this is um, a sort of calculated saccharine PR move. I generally think, genuinely think that Nick Kyrgios just wants to keep things interesting. Just doesn't yeah, he want some company. Want to, he wants some company. He doesn't want his days to be boring. And he thought, yeah, 
Why not? I mean, my brother was practically boarding a train to Montreal when I told him. A, a plane to Montreal, not a train, plane to Montreal. Go on, uh, When I told him about it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think that's really nice and and, and genuinely genuine. I, think I have to it's say. It's easy my, to be cynical about things like that, but that, my, that in itself is why he's good for tennis. My initial reaction was one of, oh, goodness, Nick, you know, mainly because I was thinking, well, where's his mind then? You know, because I... I, I I, I saw him at, in Miami and Indian Wells so engaged, so dialed in and playing such amazing tennis. I don't want him just straying and drifting along again. But look, he doesn't work to the same laws as the rest of tennis, it seems to me. So, you know, I, he's going to have he's, – he's experimenting at every stage with his life, with his career. We'll see where he ends up. Yes, indeed. We've got about two or three minutes left, David, and – uh, three topics still to cover. The Davis Cup and the ITF, they've been having their AGM, their annual general meeting in Vietnam this week. And the hot topic that they've been discussing and voting on is the reform of the Davis Cup to become best of three sets to best of five. Now, the member states have a vote in this and they voted not to reform it to best of three sets. So what did the ITF board do? They passed a motion uh, that now allows them to ignore the member states. <laughs> And uh, make their own, I'm own do rules that about, about things, vaults. which sounds yeah, which sounds very much like uh, a sort of uh, Vladimir Putin esque move. Uh, to if you don't like the rules, uh, then just change the rules. Uh, and it sounds like they're paving the way to reform the Davis Cup to be best of three to best of five sets, which is a very contentious move. What I, should, what I should say, though, is 63%, I think it was, of those member states actually voted in favour of best of three, and they needed 66% to get it over the line, which, yeah, I mean, it didn't pass, but I think it's probably unfair to say they didn't vote in in favour of it. More of them did, but not enough to, to pass the rule. It still was it was an extraordinary day when we got the second email from the ITF <laughs> saying, we, we've decided, we've got a new vote now, and that, <laughs> yeah. that vote is to change the rules. And that one has been passed, everybody. So uh, next time we put this up for vote, effectively, we'll be able to get it through, is what, is what it sounded like. Um, but yeah, it's there's clearly a, a depth of feeling that, that they want to get this through. And David Haggerty was very strong in his quotes that, you know, this, this thing needs to reform. That That's his view. The Davis Cup needs to change if it's to stay relevant. And there's a lot of dissatisfaction on both sides out there. There's going to be people who hate the idea of it going best of five. I know Todd Woodbridge is amongst them. Uh, Paul McNamee, one or two others uh, have already said that. But, you know... I, I love best of five, but I can see in the Davis Cup why they are wanting to do this. A uh, couple more bits of business to mop up. Uh, Amazon. Amazon have won the rights in the UK to uh, ATP Masters 1500 tennis coverage. They have outbid Sky. So from well, that's what we're hearing. Not confirmed yet. Is it not fully confirmed yet? Ooh, not announced okay. and well, confirmed, the, the, but uh, it certainly has been reported The Guardian as is that certainly is reporting it. Uh, yeah, the Guardian certainly uh, were reporting it as, as a done deal. But uh, So we await confirmation. But in principle, David, your thoughts? Well, I, first of all, I suspect it will be done. Uh, I think that they are probably working out the finer details, but but you know that they haven't announced it yet uh, it's it's it, it has sounded as though it's been coming in terms of sky losing those rights for some time i mean 25 years they've held them i think they've done a really good job um but it, their interest levels in the sport have diminished. They lost the U.S. Open rights to Eurosport. Um, they have rebranded all their channels, and they haven't had a tennis channel as part of that. Um, so it has sounded for a while as though this is coming. Um, and I think the surprise is that Amazon have stepped in and and chosen tennis as one of their first sports to invest in, if, if this is indeed what ha ends up happening. And it does appear that the landscape is going to offer a number of these sort of deals in the future with sports, whether it's other... Um, streaming services that services that decide to, to invest in, in sport. But how it will look and if and when it does get passed, well, we'll have to wait and see because this is new ground. This is a completely new way of broadcasting tennis. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I think uh, it's quite forward thinking of, of the ATP 
um, really, because because frankly, this is this is the way the the world is going. Uh, tennis um, TV channels, as as we know them now, TV as we know it now, will cease to exist in a few years. Everything will be purely online. Everything will be Amazon Prime uh, and Netflix and BBC iPlayer. So, to 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 take the sort of a, a, advanced move uh, to go entirely uh, online. I know, of course, uh, through uh, Fire Stick and all the rest of it, you. Can, you, I don't mean you can't physically watch it on a TV. I mean the the platform itself is online based. Um, I, I think it's really forward looking, and I'm I'm quite impressed. Uh, one other final bit of business, and I, I'm really sorry to say it's a sad bit of business, but we we must touch upon it because the tennis world um, has lost. Uh, well, it's actually lost uh, a couple of people recently. But I, I know David, you wanted to mention uh, Jerome. Golmar, the, the French player uh, who died earlier this week, aged just 43. Uh, so he was suffering from um, ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease um, in, in the States. And, and uh, uh, we lost Brad Druitt to, to this disease. Peter Doohan, uh, also, David, the, um, the conqueror of Boris Becker in Wimbledon back in the day, the Australian player, he has also um, died in recent days. He had been suffering with ALS as well. Uh, it, it seems sad and bizarre that, that that ALS seems to strike so many former tennis players. Yeah, motor neuron disease, as many British uh, listeners will know it as. I mean, as you say, Jerome Golmar, terribly sad. I mean, he just 43 years of age. He was once 22 in the world. My personal memory of him, I mean, aside from the fact that I, I worked with him when I was at the ATP, he was he was he would have been a young mid-20s tennis player at the time. I remember before I got working in tennis, probably th- three or four months before I started, I remember waking up early one morning in the UK and listening to him beat Tim Henman at 11-9 in the fifth set of the Australian Open in 1998 and and he was a, he was a great player to watch left-hander just a swashbuckling player he, he, he you know he he made you feel good to watch tennis frankly when he was on the court and um, it's just such sad news really really sad Really sad news. Well said, David. I'm sorry uh, to leave you listeners on uh, such a sad note, but I, I really think it needed to be touched upon. I hope you've enjoyed um, our first tennis podcast in a couple of weeks. I hope you've enjoyed the dulcet tones of David Law, fresh from holiday. Um, and we'll be back next week as things start to hot up ahead of the US Open. We'll be back with weekly podcasts. And then, of course, from the US Open, we'll be bringing you daily Grand Slam podcasts. And that is because uh, if your Kickstarter backing um i we we've said it at various times throughout the the year but i don't think we can say it enough thank you so much to everyone uh, that supported us um at the beginning of the year uh, with our kickstarter campaign it is because of that campaign that we're able to bring you uh, the daily podcast that we're able to um do more we're doing lots more we have merch now we we're going to have a website soon we're doing all sorts of things um that we weren't able to do before so thank you very much we'll be back next week uh as the pre-us open tennis season gets into full gear we've been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with the telegraph and with eurosport and we'll speak to you soon 